Hey everyone, and welcome back to the multidimensional journey. This is your host, Ayahuasca Cart, and today we are talking about mindfulness. What is it? We've talked about it so much here on my channel, um, but I'm kind of feeling a little different about the topic. I kind of want to get into some more uh, specific reasons um, or benefits of mindfulness. So we will be getting into that and much, much more today. But first, let's hear from our sponsors. So let's get right into it. So I kind of wanted to tell you guys a little bit about how I personally stumbled across mindfulness. And it was in about 2009 or 10. And I had just done a training um, on dialectical behavioral therapy. And if you're not familiar with that therapy, it's a therapy that was created by a woman named Marsha Linehan. And she really created the therapy for individuals who were prone to self-harm, like cutting themselves or um, drugs or alcohol or anything that would induce harm to oneself through uh, physical, physical matters. And she really drew from Eastern philosophies um, when creating this therapy, the foundation of this therapy is mindfulness. And I, you know, as I sat through that training, I was pretty like pretty irritated if I'm being honest. I, I knew in my own life, I was not practicing any sort of mindfulness, but not only that, I really couldn't conceive that I would be able to. I mean, I just, I knew for myself, I did multiple things all the time. I was uh, identified as a multitasker and I would, you know, be listening to music, driving in the car and doing like more than, you know, three plus things at once and always full of emotion and thoughts. And, um, I just thought this was completely impossible. And so this is what my first introduction of mindfulness was. And in the training, it was a very simple approach to teaching all of us mindfulness, which to me, even though the act was really simple, it was pretty revolutionary. Um, we were introduced in a way to observe and describe objects. And we started off with a pen just by observing and describing the pen and remaining non-judgmental and sticking to the facts of the situation. And then uh, I think we partnered up and then we like observed and described our partner's shoes. And, you know, almost 10 plus years later, I now can see the principles of mindfulness, observing, describing, remaining non-judgmental, basically being present and how these, these core principles are so, so helpful in all of our lives. And it's such a simple practice yet. Most of us don't practice it or we feel like it's overwhelming to even begin to think about starting a mindfulness practice. But it's interesting going into 2021, the resources and the tools and the apps and the services that are available now are really just everywhere. And um, so as a consumer, 
you really have so many different options in like who you're practicing mindfulness with, like what tools work for you. And I think everyone should feel empowered to choose what works for them. And as you may or may not know, mindfulness, like kind of talked about uh, where Marsha got, you know, got these ideas from these core principles um, is from Eastern philosophy, is from, you know, yogic traditions. Um, And the West has really borrowed those ideas. And we've really focused on something called Zen meditation, you know, really focusing on the breath and you know staying present and and that sort of thing and um you know without getting into all the the deities or the other ritualistic practices and i think that mindfulness in its purest form all the way to its its more complex and robust form um with rituals and stuff like that but in its purest form it is so um it is so beneficial and it's really up to each of all of us to decide what kind of practice we want to do and how we're going to integrate it into our lives. Um, so after I learned mindfulness in, you know, about 2009, 2010, when I was entering the field of social work, psychology, basically community mental health, um, I was, I was pretty lost myself, but there, there was, the seed was planted, you know, and then I began to teach classes on it. I began to teach my clients about it. And it's interesting, like, it's really hard to sell something to somebody, right? If you don't practice it yourself. So I was basically forced into beginning to practice this, right? I mean, obviously I had a choice, but I could see the benefits in the end, um, I noticed I was more calm. Um, I was able to, you know, control my emotions a little bit more. Um, and yeah, just kind of noticed the subtle shift that all of a sudden started to happen. But to be honest with you, I didn't really begin to notice the benefits for me, at least, of mindfulness until around 2015. Um so and that and that's really because I did not commit to a consistent practice. Now I'm very consistent. And then 2015 is when I actually began to become more consistent and more aware of that I wanted to change, you know? Um, and it's really hard to change when you don't have a focus or you're really scattered and you don't have you know any control over your emotions or your mindset, right? Um so after I dabbled in that, um, I began to learn about uh, Jack Cornfield, who is still to this day one of my favorite instructors on mindfulness. He just makes it seem so easy. He makes things flow. Anything can be turned into mindfulness. Um, he really emphasizes, you know, compassion and holding of the self, being able to hold space for ourselves, and just so many, so many other things. So if you don't know who that is, you know, check him out, Jack Cornfield. He's huge. You could Google him. He'd pop right, right up. Um, and then, um, you know, as my practice with ayahuasca after 2016 um, began to expand, I just had so much to integrate with all of the work I was doing with 12 step and EMDR. Now I had ayahuasca on my plate. And I felt really, really overwhelmed. And um, 
I had a lot of different parts of myself to integrate and I didn't really know how I was going to accomplish that if I didn't have any space on the inside of myself to help myself integrate. And really these days when I talk about mindfulness, um, you know, I'm, I'm speaking to a lot of different people, but definitely in terms of integration and how to make this process like so much easier. Um, and mindfulness has been a huge gift in terms of just helping me integrate my ayahuasca experiences because I've been able to create space inside. So that's just a little bit of history with, with me and mindfulness. Um, so, you know, back to what is mindfulness. So, right, it's in the moment. So being present in here and now. So this is not in our head. We are not thinking about the past. We are not thinking about the futures. We're not focused on the narratives that we're telling ourselves. Although that that's a little bit a part of the process. But mainly what we're focusing on is um, the here and now. And we'll get back to that in a little bit because that gets a little complicated. So, um, and then of course we're remaining non-judgmental. So most of us have an inner critic and, you know, we might be asking ourselves, am I doing this right? Uh, why am I thinking this? How come I keep my, can't keep my mind straight? You know, all these different things. So we want to remain non-judgmental and we want to really sit in the observer mindset meaning we just want to observe what is happening rather than getting caught up in each thought and i'll just take a pause right there i mean that's probably one of the the best things about mindfulness is that you know as we create this practice we begin to notice when we are getting caught up in thought or our own narratives or scripts or whatever is going on because when we can do this, we can take what maybe would take, for, at least for me in the past, like days, months. I mean, like I used to stay in my stories forever, but now I can see things as just stories that I'm telling myself and I can step outside of it and realize this, there's so many other options. So, um, so in the moment, remaining non-judgmental, observing and describing, um, yeah, and it's an intentional act. You know, we are intentionally becoming conscious. So I think another kind of um, flaw sometimes in mindfulness teachings is not is like instructors skip this very important step, which is like we have to make a conscious decision to know we are, we are intentionally shifting our consciousness. It's not something that comes naturally, right? Just like how building muscle doesn't just come naturally you know we enact and as a matter of fact um being a certified fitness professional i mean that's the the last thing that happens with muscle right in fact if you if you don't if you don't use it you lose it right as you get older so in order to build muscle we really really have to work hard at it and be consistent to show long lasting results and mindfulness is really no different you know, aside from all the beauty and the blissful and the feminine energies we receive from it, um, knowing that some masculine energies are required, which include commitment, discipline, and just choosing something that works for you. So I'm not trying to be too rigid here, but, you know, I do want to 
make sure that people know that are listening to this, it does require some effort on our part. But trust me, the very little amount of effort that it will take on your end will reap the benefits tenfold throughout your life. So, and I'll give you some tips today on how to make it a lot easier for yourself. So I was kind of, you know, saying earlier, like, we don't want to be in the past. We don't want to be in the future. And the, the truth is we, we probably will float to the past or the future, but we always want to come back to the breath. That is one of the things that I mainly practice is coming back to the breath and breathing deeply. And there's many, many types of meditation, but I'll tell you why I find breathing meditation so incredible. Number one, from a physiological standpoint, it drops you more so into your parasympathetic nervous system. Um, And it drops you into your body and it helps you get out of your mind. Now, if you particularly have difficult with, you know, difficulty with this for whatever reason, whether it's trauma or you're just, you know, a lot of us are, we become addicted to our stress. And so I want to be careful when I'm saying that it's not like you're personally addicted to it. It's that the chemicals that are being released when you are stressed out are by biology, by definition, are addicting. So knowledge is power, right? Education is, it informs us to make better decisions. So I think it's really important to realize that right there, you know, like adrenaline and cortisol are like an internal pharmacy. And just like anything else can be poison or medicine, so can our own chemicals that naturally happen within us. And I think once again, this is a a very well-known fact that is not taught you know, explicitly enough, I mean, to really, really understand that this is really important. Um, So if you have a hard time really letting go of that mind, this is probably one of the reasons. And so I encourage you to trust yourself to let go of your mind and to just drop into your body. And by using your breath and coming back to the breath over and over again, you'll you'll see success i promise you that um and so when when we breathe you know we want to breathe deeply in through the nose and out through the mouth there's many many ways to breathe i do this is the way that i recommend and this is the way i practice so when you breathe you do want to breathe deeply so into the belly all the way up into the chest and out through the mouth you know, over and over again. So if you're a beginner, you know, you just want to start with two minutes, four minutes. And then if you are more advanced, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. And, um, you know, an app that I highly recommend is Calm. The Calm app is incredible. And I recommend it to all of my clients. Um, It's meditation at your fingertips, the basics all the way up to master classes, whole series on compassion and self-love and so many things that come from mindfulness. So really, really recommend that. Um, so, um, so yeah, we went through a little bit of history, what mindfulness is. Um, so I kind of wanted to get into like, why, why is mindfulness even, 
even on your radar? Like, why would this be a benefit? And I think it's important to realize the benefits um, of what you're doing before doing them, right? So you can feel motivated. So maybe you can find your hook and do it, right? Because that is what we're, this is why we get motivated to change in the first place, because there's something in it for us, right? Like if I'm going to go to an ayahuasca ceremony, right? I'm not going to go and puke in a bucket and cry and scream all night if there's nothing in it for me, right? So we seek the deeper values in life. Like we want more emotional freedom. You know, that is what my journey is in this life. I, I really value emotional freedom, I, va- I value my freedom overall, you know. Um, you may value your relationships with your partner or your kids or your coworkers. You may want to be a sharper thinker. You might meet you want you might want to be um, a better athlete. You might want to uh, be a better CEO. You might want to achieve some sort of um, personal relationship with your own inner guiding intelligence. The thing is, is that mindfulness can support and help in in all of these areas. So I think that's probably the most incredible thing is that mindfulness joins everyone, everyone from all walks of life. It's not just for people who um, are spiritually inclined. It's for other people too, who, you know, in my opinion, like being an athlete is spiritually inclined. You're just taking a different path, right? We talk a lot about plant medicine on this channel but it doesn't matter you know so and certainly if you're taking ayahuasca i mean i'm I'm pretty sure it's on every assessment form do you have a mindfulness practice right and if you don't that's obviously okay you know um my my message today is that it really really helps and your life will be easier for it so one of the things I put down was uh, being being a more effective communicator. You know, oftentimes most of us are listening to respond and we just have a hard time being present with the person in front of us, right? And so by being mindful, right? By being present with the other person, by being aware of the sensations going through my body while I listen to another person, you know, I become a more effective communicator because I can actually listen and and sit back and observe what's happening, you know, rather waiting to respond with what I have to offer to the conversation. Now, it's not that that approach is wrong or bad or not of service. Um, Yet, when we want to develop more intimacy in our relationships, we want to create an environment of safety and trust, being able to be a good listener and actually being able to demonstrate that through listening skills because whether you realize it or not people pick up on this all the time on this very subtle way and someone will never forget how you make them feel right so if you can just be present and like listen to somebody um and really um understand what they're saying and demonstrate that right that is better communication. So for an example, like if you're, if you're a mother, right. And your daughter comes up to you and she tells you, Hey mom, I had a really good day at school. You know, we learned this, we learned that. 
and you're in the middle of cooking dinner and you're like, "Uh uh-huh. And you're not really listening, but you're listening, right? You're listening with one ear and your mind is on something else. You know, um, we kind of just like white knuckle these moments when like someone's trying to like connect with us, right? Like people don't just tell us things for nothing. They're looking to connect with us, right? So we want to be open to those invitations, right? That's an extension of my energy. I just opened my mouth and started talking to you. So be open for that invitation, right? So I don't want to get backlash now from from all the moms who are like, I have a busy life. I get that. And I think that's totally legit. And I'm not a mom. So I, you know, I definitely can't really speak, but, um, but now you have a tool, right? So maybe you won't miss those invitations as much. And now you can build a stronger bond with your child. The same thing goes with our partners, right? If my partner is telling me something and I'm kind of checked out, like this kind of just happened yesterday and I'm trained in this stuff. So I know when I'm doing it, I really don't like it. And I want to be present for that invitation to connect, right? So that's one thing that mindfulness can do. It can quiet our minds so we can be more present. And this is an absolute skill. If anyone tries to tell you this is natural, it's not. And everyone needs to work at it. And mindfulness is a way to build this skill. And that naturally just brings us into the second pro, right? Is like just relationship building. You know, we can build better relationships just by being more present. And that requires very little effort on your part. You know, just by being present and just by, you know, absorbing what someone's saying is a lot better than um, just checking out, right? Your body language is completely different in these states. So that's why it's also a big game changer for relationships. So, and these are in no particular order, by the way. Um, I just kind of sat down and I was like, what are some inspirational reasons to start practicing mindfulness? So the other one um, is to better able uh, to understand and connect with ourselves, right? And perhaps this should have been the first one, right? But so if we're able to sit back, observe with ourselves, connect with our bodies, right? Which are so, so neglected, so repressed, so depressed, Um, then we can definitely, you know, not like we can be able to, um, know ourselves in a much deeper level. And then we can bring that awareness even into our relationships, right? So if we have more space inside, if we have a more deeper understanding of ourselves, like, we might feel inclined to invite that in our relationships by creating that same energy. So, and there's there's so much that can happen in a mindfulness session, even it's just five minutes, right? You know, some people call them downloads, some people say insight meditation, some people say awakening, you know, whatever you want to call it, right? Um... Yeah, I think a deeper understanding of myself in whichever form that comes through, right? Whether that's a a, a new uh, business idea 
or oh an insight like oh I I could have I could have done that better or whatever it is or I saw things in a different way and had a 180 on a on a memory for example whatever it is it's leading to a deeper understanding of ourselves and what what a great way to develop that um, starting with ourselves. Um, the fourth one that I wanted to bring up, um, is there's a lot of talk right now in a lot of different spaces. And I think they're all connected by the way, um, in the plant medicine and the psychedelic and, uh, the breath work, uh, in neuroscience in general, there's this word called the default network and mindfulness allows us to do something called default network observing, right? It's kind of took things I knew and threw it together. So basically what that means to observe our default network rather than reacting, right? And if it wasn't for my mindfulness practice, I can guarantee you I would be reactive all day long. I mean, I, I, it's, and, and I've had seasons. I just kind of came out of one because I had a very large life transition where I didn't meditate for about probably 14 days straight. And I became very reactive, short-fused, confused, like all these things, right? Um, So it's like we got to build up that ability to observe it through a practice, right? Or the default network will take over, right? And so, and of course, I'm not saying that there's not the possibility for major life transformations like through experiences like ayahuasca or any sort of modality that facilitates, you know, um, a release of some sorts or a complete change of the belief system. You know, um, what I am saying is that it's going to make it much easier for you to communicate with these reactory parts and step back and handle it different rather than projecting onto yourself or, or other people. Right. Um, So I guess an example of that, that would be good, right? Is like if I'm feeling irritated about something um, and it could be several things, right? It could be like maybe the house isn't clean and then I get an email that kind of triggers me and then um, let's see. And then let's say I miss my workout for that day. Um, If I'm vulnerable, right, meaning I haven't practiced any of my my regimens, I haven't taken care of myself, basically, I'm vulnerable to allowing those things to consume me, right, to take over me and be in a contracted state where I no longer have the space inside to observe, not react, or handle what is happening. So um, mindfulness you know, not only allows space inside to observe, but it's extremely important in my opinion and great for just mental health, you know, and you don't even need to have a diagnosis to care about your mental health. You know, all of us should be taking some sort of, you know, empowering act for ourselves, for our mental health, right? Um, And mindfulness is one of those things that can truly, truly help us. Um, and then number five, um, I put overcoming fear, change, uh, I guess there's, I put them all, (laughs) lumped them all in one. So number, we'll just talk about overcoming fear and change. Maybe we'll just name it number six. Okay. So overcoming fear and change. 
So kind of, you know, piggybacking on the last topic, um, our default network and staying within that is, um, and then coming out of it, right, is overcoming fear and we're changing, right? In order to come out of that, we have to shift what we're doing, right? Um, There's a saying, like, if you keep doing the same thing, getting the same results, that's the definition of insanity. They tell us that all the time in 12-step. So in order to get a different result, you got to do something different, right? And so if you are wanting to chase after your dreams, whatever it is, if you're wanting to expand yourself in the areas of relationships, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, you know, financial, um, intellectual, whatever it is, occupational, it all requires some form of change, right? And so, you know, if we're not able to get quiet enough to just examine our thoughts that are running our lives and how it's affecting our bodies, then we're not going to be in the best position to really tackle that fear. Um, we might be for a little bit, but then it will catch up with us again. So we're in a better position if we have the tools to step back when we notice the constricting bounds of fear that are overcoming our minds um, and our bodies, right? Because it's a very constricting state. And so we learn to befriend our fear in mindfulness. We learn to recognize the sensations of fear and realize that it's nothing but that which takes time, of course. Um, and I'm definitely not perfect at it, at it as I talk about it, right? But mindfulness has certainly got me to the place where I'm at right now. You know, um, I mean, when I first did my first podcast almost three years ago, I was full of fear, you know? Um, and definitely at the time and still to this day, my practice is like, if I'm fearful of something, I remind myself I don't have to do it perfectly and I will just learn along the way, you know, and because of my mindfulness practice, I was able to see that, you know, that there's other choices here. I don't have to be perfect when I do something. And, um, you know, hopefully that's a good example and maybe you can, you know, relate in terms of your own fear and how it could be potentially, um, keeping you safe in a way that really you don't want it to, if that makes sense. Um, we all have a fight or flight system and we want to learn how to master it, to befriend it, but not, that does not mean ignore it or deprive it or don't give it space to cathartically release. Um, and then the last one is concentration. You know, we all kind of want a little bit more of an edge on some things in life. And um, mindfulness certainly helps me concentrate. You know, I, I can totally notice when I'm totally all over the place. I'm scattered. I've decided to do one thing. I've opened one window on a computer and I'm totally on another tangent. And I'll catch myself, you know. Instead of it taking me 25 minutes to see the rabbit hole I've gone down, it usually only takes me about 5, 10, 15 minutes to realize it. And not only that, but if I keep doing it over again, again, like that's usually a sign that I need to take a break. But because I have the skills 
to observe when that's happening, right? I can take a pause before it gets too uh, out of hand. So, um, so yeah, these were just some ideas that I thought, you know, in regards of mindfulness, what are the benefits? You know, these are just some, I've only listed six, right? But there are so many scientific benefits of mindfulness. And even if you just started with two minutes, you just sat down, started focusing on your breath, you know, use that Calm app. It's, it's really, really incredible. They're not even sponsoring me too, guys. So I just want to put that out there. <laughs> I just really, really love their product. Um, and all the, and it's a platform for a ton of people. Um, so, um, I hope you've kind of learned some things about mindfulness, maybe feeling a little more motivated as to why to give it a try. And, um, remember that your practice is your practice. You know, today wasn't about talking about all the ways that you could practice mindfulness, right? It was more so giving you a little bit about, you know, my experience and, um, some of the benefits. And I can, I'll say one more thing before we end here, which is, I mean, guys, I have studied hypnotherapy. I have studied breath work. I have, you know, I'm certified in EMDR. I've studied cognitive behavioral therapy, so many different therapies. Um, I'm currently, you know, on the trajectory to learn more about ayahuasca in a, in a more professional way, but nothing can replace a mindfulness practice. You know, it is so accessible to each and every one of us and, um, really encourage you to, um, find a way that works for you. So, um, if you're interested, I do have a circle starting Mondays, uh, every Monday at 10 o'clock, that's Mount Mountain Standard Time or Arizona time. Um, the link is in, uh, in the description. Um, and we do mindfulness and breath work. It's a combination. It's a pretty short class. It's about 30 minutes, um, but it's enough to get a taste of it, to understand it, um, and think if, if it's going to be a part of your regimen. So I hope you join us. Um, and thank you guys so much for tuning in. It was my pleasure. Please uh, call in with questions. And as always, remember why you came here. Thank you so much for stopping by the multi-dimensional journey podcast with me ayahuasca car and if you're interested please check out my youtube videos you can also uh, book coaching sessions with me you can look at my upcoming integration intensive that is for women only online and so much more um, in the link below in the description box And as always, remember why you came here.